Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Human Connection Project podcast. We are all about empowering connection to develop psychological resilience and emotional well-being in our community, because now, more than ever, we need human connection. I hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, make sure you share it to someone who you feel this can make a positive impact on. Welcome back to another episode of the Human Connection Project podcast. Uh, super pumped to have a buddy from back home. So I've got Belly Michael Bell from Flow Performance, and we are officially taking his podcasting virginity today. So, welcome to the show, Belly. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, thanks, Boise. Um, so, uh, where do I begin? Um, well, let's begin at the start, I guess. So I met Boise in high school um, and I guess we're going to talk about, a bit about mental health and I guess that's probably where my first mental health struggle started with. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Would you agree that was yours as well? Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a rough spot, um, even though we went to a really good school. But, um, yeah, school is what it is. Um, yeah, in that time I was kiteboarding and I ended up becoming a professional at that and ended up travelling the world doing that and then uh, eventually left, joined the Defence Force, um, got injured in the Defence Force and then fell in love with personal training, exercise science um, and then yeah, right. started my own gym. You've done, done a lot. Yeah. Um, now an online gym. I'm sure we'll get into your, uh, yeah. your pivot during <laughs> so. the show at some stage today. But yeah, you've, you've, done a, you've done a chunk in a small period of time, I guess, in the big scheme of things. You know, we're only, what, a quarter of the way through the 100-year life, just over. Um, but let's, let's rewind mm. all the way back to Sacred Heart, back to where it all began, to school. What was school like for you? Yeah, I guess um, I was actually reflecting on this. School for me was quite challenging. Um, I didn't really learn that well um, to the point that in year 10, I pretty much had the option put in front of me, like you either pick your grades up or you leave. Um, So I was fortunate that I had a good family and they supported me and got me tutors and I eventually learned how to learn um, and my grades did a reverse. But up to that point, like I struggled. I hated school. I'd skip it. I'd go surfing. I'd do the things that I loved and I excelled at, but everything else I avoided. Um, so I guess, yeah, for me, yeah, school I, was I'm pretty pretty sure tough. I got the same yeah. ultimatum from Mr. Elder when I was at school. It's kind of like pick your grades up or you're gone. And I went, I went the other path. I left school and started year 11 to chase the, uh, the tradie life, typical Perth boy, yeah. but kiteboarding. So professional kiteboarding had heaps of stresses. I'm assuming, obviously, great experience at the same time. But being a professional in any industry, you know, it brings with it a lot of pressure. How was that? And how did you even get into kiteboarding for starters? Hmm. Yeah, so I guess we could link this to school, right? So school for me was like the mm. worst, the worst thing. I hated going. I loved going to the beach. I loved surfing. Yeah, and yeah, you sure. Were on the surfing team, weren't we? Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I was fortunate that my dad kind of saw it as an opportunity for me to, he kind of was like, look, if you do good at school, I'll take you kiteboarding because he was a windsurfer and he started kiting and I was like, this is pretty cool. I want to do that. Um, So lucky enough that he got me into that. Um, And yeah, like for me, it was literally, it was my vent. Yeah. And then on the last podcast, you and Khan kind of talked about exercise and how exercise is for a lot mm. of people, it's they're out. It's the way to switch off the brain. It's the way to, you know, come 
before going back to reality. And that's what kiting was for me. It was like, it was the two hours where I didn't have to think about anything and I learned how to be present and I didn't have anxiety and worry about my grades and, you know, not being the, the typical student. Um, so yeah, basically, um, I loved kiting and I excelled at it. Um, and then eventually got offered some sponsorships and yeah, started traveling, competing and that type of thing. And then that's mm. really where the stress came in was once you start having money involved, it, it does not become yeah. a hobby. It becomes a job. Yeah. And to be honest, it burnt me out. Um, and I ended up, so eventually like won a national championship, um, started doing some other comps and, yeah, as soon as the sponsors came in, I yeah. did actually fall out of love of it because all of a sudden you've you got to be on the water a certain amount of hours. You're trying to get photos for um, magazines and I was pretty young and I didn't really understand it, but it did take a bit of the joy away and I probably burnt myself out by doing too much and putting too much pressure on myself. Um, but, yeah, there definitely is a lot of yeah, stress. Yeah, I know we see that with, like, for, for example, like young football players get thrusted into you know and some of them are on three four hundred k a year uh, and they get taught how to kick a footy taught how to tackle taught all these techniques but no one sits them aside and talks to them how to deal with pressure how to deal with your money how to deal with these expectations that people are setting on and stuff and that's why we do see this high burnout this burn through rate and burnout rate people just falling out of love of the sport and then the mental health battles that come on the back of that <clears throat> did you see any of that in in Kai, mm. especially the mental health stuff? Yeah, um, big time. So um, I guess kind of like I won nationals and then I started doing some competitions around WA and one of the best spots mm. in the world is down in Fremantle. Um, and we spent a week there doing a competition and I burnt myself out. We were sleeping on the beach. We were kiting all day. Like it was super fun, but I got to the end of the week and I was wrecked. Um, and I think the next week I went out with some friends, got on beers, fell over and broke my wrist. So then I went through this process of not being able to kite surf, not being able to do the thing that I was good at. Um, and yeah, anyway, like fast forward, went through that process of rehab and then I started kiting and I just, the love wasn't there anymore. Um, and kind of also had the realization that like kiteboarding wasn't going to pay the bills. You know, like it was, it was time to kind of step up and get a real job. And yeah, so I, I guess at that point mm. I had a bit of an identity crisis. And at that point I didn't know what an identity crisis was, but I had so much attached to being the kiteboarder and being very good at kiteboarding mm. that I didn't know where else to go. Um, yeah, and I was probably fortunate that I, I knew that I had to make the decision and I had been around so many older people in kiteboarding that I was like, well, Mm. what have I learned from seeing them is that like people chase money and they end up generally unhappy because they're chasing the money. So go towards something that you think will bring happiness. So that kind of created my thought process of like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to go join the defense force because I'll get to go outdoors. I'll get to blow shit up. Um, I don't have to do like mundane tasks staring at a computer. Um, I can go and just Mm -hmm. be on a bit of an adventure. Talk us that through the transition next, um, to the, to the defence. Story. Um, so defence was pretty. I'm going to put it out there. Like I am very yeah. much. I do not like authority. That's why. You, that's why you're <laughs> like a lot of guys, days. right? Like, tell me yeah. not to do something, and I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Like it's happening. Um, 
Yeah. That's probably what happened with Mr. Elder, right? Yeah. He was like, pick up your grades. I'm out of here. I'm, like, you. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pick my grades up. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking get an A. Um yeah, so I went in and to be honest, it is yeah. still one of the best things I've ever done. Like um the integrity that mm. that place built within me, it was just massive. Um and it also it created my love for physical exercise. Like there is nothing more powerful in my opinion than going into the hurt locker and discovering what you're truly capable of suffering like the pain that you can bring on yourself um is just that was massive for me like i loved it um the like hour of beasting in the morning like the physical training that i just loved every little bit of it there was aspects that i hate yeah it's gonna be everything isn't it tell us about the hardest the hardest thing you experienced yeah hate right um yeah but yeah hardest experience in the defense force um Mm. probably was getting injured to be quite honest again it was like going through that process of like i've found something that i really enjoy and now i have to recreate and work out where i'm gonna go next and it was like do you stay in or do you go and do something else and um i was lucky that one of my ceos was like look you should probably go and study don't waste those brains um you probably (laughs) yeah that was actually what he said um and at that point i was like yeah cool i actually want to step into more of a leadership Mm -hmm. role and he kind of said that like go to university and then if you want to come back come back in as an officer um at which point i'd been through rehab in the defense force and i had really fallen in love with that and i wanted to learn more about the rehab and try and understand how i had been injured and how I could stop that from happening and my thought process was maybe I'll go to university and then come back and study how the we could best periodize training so people don't get injured in that initial so that's obviously led phase. you to flow performance which is a, a gym based out of Perth tell us about that but um not so much tell us about the gym but tell us about the design around it and the community you've built because I know that's a massive one for you yeah, um, well, I could link this back to kite surfing, right? So kite surfing for me was mm-hmm. a state of flow, yeah? So being like optimally aroused and just being totally present with everything. Um, the other thing that kiting really opened my eyes to was there was such a great community on the beach. Like you'd walk down mm-hmm. onto the beach and you know everyone's names. You'd finish a session, you'd have a beer and you'd just debrief for the day. And it was one of the coolest things still to this day that I've been around. And that was one of the things that we really wanted to bring within Flow Performance was we didn't want it just to be a gym. We wanted it to be a place where people could come and hang out and have a second family, like best hour of their day. Um, And to be honest, I think that is what we've created. Like even though we've switched to an online platform, like Friday afternoons is have a beer yeah. with everyone. Like I don't know many gyms that nah. sit around and have beers after a workout. Like, it, yeah. Um, so we've got a wicked community and, you know, the proof, the um, proof is in the pudding and where you kind of see people mm. come in and they've been there for six months and they didn't know anyone when they walked through the door and now all of a sudden they're hanging yeah. out on the weekends Absolutely. outside of the gym. What's, so, the, uh, what's the, been the yeah. kind of the human connection journey that your clients have been through there because obviously friday afternoon beers is a massive element to that and and the community you've built emulates exactly what we're trying to do with the human connection project how have you guys built that and and what do you think has been the the key pillar to bringing people together yeah Uh, you You know like uh, yeah 
<laughs> Good question. I knew this was coming. Um, yeah, leadership is what I kind of saw in the defense force. There's two types of leaders. There's leaders who lead mm-hmm. from the front and lead by example. Um, and then there's leaders that are <clears throat> quarters and kind of tell you what to do, but generally yeah. don't follow yeah. what they're saying you should be doing. Um, so, yeah, like for me, um, and I know Jacob as well, like we try and lead from the front and we just let our actions hopefully um, create yeah. what we want to see in others, um, whether that be through like inspiring people to train a little bit harder or to set bigger goals or to just connect with people. Um, like one of the big things we do at Flow is um, like ourselves, all the staff will call yeah, our awesome. clients each week and check in. Yeah, like if they haven't shown up, then we're calling to say, hey, yeah. what's going on? Like, are you okay? Can we help? Um, do you need us to like provide you with something to make your experience better? What's going on outside of the gym? How can we help? So just asking those questions and you know you and Khan actually talked about it, um, yeah. being a fixer. You know, like uh, I think one of the biggest learnings from opening the gym is we're not here to fix people. Mm. We're here to ask the right questions and guide them on their journey as opposed to being like, do this, do that follow my meal plan it's more of like well why do you want to yeah. follow a meal plan in the first place yeah what's the why yeah, i think people get lost uh, you know i've obviously the same as you've been in the fitness industry for longer than i can remember and people get lost in what they're trying to achieve they become outcomes based instead of input based you know i i want to get to yeah, let's let's use exactly what you guys are doing right now. You and a few of your mates are trying to get to a hundred kilo snatch, but I can guarantee you the reason you're doing it is not to get a hundred kilo snatch. It's to stay connected during these difficult times and to keep each other accountable and all these other little inputs. So that's what I think the fitness industry needs a shake up now. It's not a bad thing to want to run a you know four minute K, and it's not a bad thing to want a hundred kilo snatch. But we need to make sure we're all doing it for the right reason. Do you, are you seeing that in the fitness industry at the moment? Mm. Yeah, 100%. So I actually did a, a lecture mm. to our clients on this on Tuesday night. So talking about like outcome-based goals versus process-based goals. Um, and I'm, yeah, so pretty much like what you just said, like you can have the outcome of the, the snatch and that's the outcome, but you actually have no control over you snatching 100 kilos or you have no control over your weight. You have control over the process that gets you to the outcome, right? And like everyone knows this, when you achieve a goal, it never feels as good as you expect it to feel, yeah? Where it feels really good is going through the process of changing your identity to become the new version of yourself. Yeah, so I think like... That's something that I, well, I've been through it myself. Like I used to be so outcome orientated. It was like Mm. win a national championship, get a a high distinction at uni. Like it never feels that great. But what does feel good is going through the struggles of becoming the person that gets those HDs or becoming the person who opens a gym. You know, it's the process of that continuous development and growth that I, I always find I'm the happiest when I'm growing. Yeah. It's when I'm stagnant that's when those mental health issues start to creep in and, and yeah, mm. you start playing with it. When, yeah, when you, so, how does yeah. Bally feel when he's happiest? Explain that to us in, in context. Oh, great question. Connected. Grounded. 
Connected, growing. grounded, growing. <clears throat> connected to yourself, connected to your community. Yep. 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 Connected to family. Grounded. Um, connected yeah. to growth. Um, and then, yeah, grounded. Like I'm definitely the type of person who mm-hmm. continuously wants to grow, but that also has a negative effect because yeah. you're always chasing something. Yeah. So I think something I've learned in the last few years is to actually pull that back sometimes and just be present and be happy with what you've created and understand that there's always going to be something else, but it's, it's okay to have those other goals, but it's also, you need to be present and be grateful for what you've already created. Mm. And what well, that's that context, isn't it? We, we're as human beings, we're primed to compare, compare, like we go back to our primal days, we compare mm. tribes to, you know, who was getting the, you know, who's catching the, the most food and now we're comparing ourselves to whose gym has the most members or you know whose gym has the most athletes or you know, whose business is hitting the biggest KPIs. Like it's all this comparison instead of just looking internally and going, well, we're, you know, we had 100 members last year and now we've got one, 112 and then next year we might have 150. I think that's where we, you know, we get stuck and fall apart as, as a society is this comparison to somebody else rather than comparison to yesterday's version of us. 100%. And um, like social mm. media only makes that worse. Um, and I guess something, another big learning is like, you know, social media is you're consuming that pretty regularly. Like you only have to look at your settings well, on your yeah. phone and you get a bit of a shock. Especially now, aren't we? Social media, it's even more, right? Um, so it's like you're consuming and, you know, the people you follow, you're either consuming positive information or negative information and you can either see that as a comparison um, or, yeah, or it can be a positive thing depending on who you're following. Um, and I think something that's been massive within the last few weeks is with all this coronavirus stuff going on. Mm. It's like, what are you actually consuming? We all know that a, a good diet's great for you. Yeah. But not too many of us actually think about the intellectual um, sources that we're consuming and whether or not that's impacting our mental health or, um, or not. So declutter. Yeah. No, I like Sorry, that. I don't really that's, know where I was going with that. So but, a lot of yeah. people right now are spending a lot of time at home and we're all talking about decluttering the house and cleaning out, you know, cleaning out junk. But where you're going is telling people we need to be decluttering and cleaning out who we're following, like what media we're following. Are we watching the, you know, the devil's media or are we watching you know, educational pieces by educational people? That's where we need to head. Yeah. What Exactly. <clears throat> what's human connection meaning to you right now in WA? Cause I know belly you've run a couple of our walk and talks now, which has been fantastic. And they're obviously on hold for a little bit while we figure out coronavirus, which is another podcast in itself. The amount of experts we have when <laughs> the smartest people in, in the nation don't quite understand it yet. I guarantee you the person walking down the aisles of Woolworths telling you what's happening knows exactly what is going on. But, uh, Human Connection Project, what does it mean to you in WA? And not so much Human Connection Project as in this business, but just Human Connection as a, as a societal movement. Yeah, so I guess uh, Human Connection to me is mm-hmm. being vulnerable. Yeah, um, I truly believe that the more connection 
sorry, greater connection is created through vulnerability and it's through sharing, sharing experiences so the other person's comfortable to share their experiences. And from just my own experience, like the more that you share with people, the more they open up and the more they connect with you. So, um, yeah, I really believe that human connection is brought through vulnerability and that's generally how I, I try to approach it. Um, yeah, and that's definitely something that we try to create within the gym, creating a safe space um, with the human connection and the walk and talks. Like it is literally creating that safe space where, you know, again, you lead from the front and you open up and you show that you are human and you're going through these struggles and, you know, life does ebb and flow. Like you're going to have great days, you're going to have bad days and it's it's showing people that, again, if they do want to compare that, yeah, hey, let's compare I have shit days too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's like let's get it out of the head and let's verbalize it so that we can process it together. Um, yeah, what what we talk about is that our school programs a lot is that our parents, you know, and myself included as a kid, I'm sure they did this to protect me. When things were bad, parents have a tendency not to express exactly how bad it is to their kids because they're scared of how it's going to affect them, which is fair enough. But right now. We need to make sure our kids are seeing what's happening in the world because this is an opportunity for us to build resilience in our youth, which we haven't had a resilient youth probably since our parents were kids. Like our era was raised like with a lot less resilience within our, you know, we had everything. You know? And not and I don't mean that financially, but we were safe. We weren't really under threat ever. You and I lived on the coast. Like life was peachy, but kids today experiencing going through coronavirus are going to experience this and it's going to build so much resilience in them and we need to just, I guess, make sure we harness that opportunity. Are people in Perth, you know, actually feeling how bad this is? Because we talked offline how you saw hundreds of people walking along the coastline right before lockdown and it's the same over here. Do you think Perth's taking this seriously? Um, yeah, like a few weeks ago, no, like not one little bit. I definitely, I've seen a reduction in the coast when I've been driving along, so mm. fingers crossed, yes. Um, yeah, I, I think it is, I think everyone's just kind of seeing it gradually get worse and worse and people are starting to take it more seriously. Um, I know our clients have definitely, yeah. there was definitely a switch. People were like, not taking it seriously it was a bit of a joke and then people yeah. were like hey i'm not coming in you know like my family are older they're at risk if i get it from someone in the gym and bring it home to them like mm. that could effectively be me taking their life because i've passed it on to them so um yeah i know within our gym there was definitely a big movement of people like i'm gonna stay home um, and it definitely kicked us as leaders being like yeah All right, cool we're gonna take this more seriously if they're worried about their family, then this is a space that could spread it quite quickly. Like, let's get on top of this and let's move to a different platform. And um, one of my good friends, Mel from AthleteX, he actually said this. He's like, yeah. the goal's the same. We're just playing mm. a different game. Yeah, like we still want to win through coaching, but we've just got to change yep. the platform that we're playing it on. Yeah, and we've just moved to an online platform and the feedback's been amazing. People are loving it. So we're keeping everyone safe. They're still getting their exercise. They're still getting their connection. Like, yeah, well, what else do you want to well, do? I think, you know, like, you know this is an opportunity happy. and we talk, and we're obviously the voice of human connection. This is an opportunity for us to change the way society sees human connection. You know, like you and I have known each other for years, right? And we've jumped on heaps of calls and sent heaps of messages over the years, but I don't think we've jumped on a video call once. Like people are becoming more connected 
And I've always been, you know, someone who said we're so digitally connected yet as human beings we're so disconnected. But unfortunately, this is all we have right now, this means of digital connection. So we need to really be leaning into that and sharpening the metaphorical saw blades of what it means to be connected to each other. 100%. And, um, yeah, like you, we're mm. visually talking to each other right now. Yeah. You talk about like an audio um like i can't remember the figures my girlfriend's gonna kill me she's a speech pathologist but like we visually communicate and what is it it's like 80 yeah, something percent absolutely. is through visual stimulus right um so yeah i i think it's so powerful and like i've been doing all my coaching calls via zoom and yeah i'm really enjoying and it. i love it you know i actually get yeah like i'm really really loving it and i used to do them all by the phone and i'm i actually think when this all kicks off I'll finish this, sorry. Um, yeah. I'm 100% going to be getting on Zoom. You just get to have a yarn and all of a sudden like a serious topic doesn't have to be serious because we can yeah. actually Like I guarantee you if I had called you up and wanted to depth. talk about mental health over the phone, we would have been a lot more serious. But when you see each other, it's like, oh, yeah, it's familiar face, familiar tones. Body language is another really big thing of communication, which I'm sure your partner will tell you. So all these things add up to make... Yep connection in the end of the at the end of the spectrum but belly cautious of time eh? i i've started doing something the last couple of episodes i've really enjoyed it it's i'm sit here and ask questions for the whole half an hour and we've gone slightly over but it's an opportunity for you to shoot a question back at me anything yes cool um no. all right i did i did plan this one um boys here if you could rewind the clock you go back to the mm. point where you were about to leave school. Stay in what school. would you tell your younger self? Yeah. So I've ah, had this discussion a bunch yeah. of times and not because – so there's two ways you can look at this. I'm not telling myself to stay in school to get the education. I'm telling myself stay in school because those last couple of years is where you can really forge these lifelong friendships and these connections that you go through mm-hmm. – can't remember what it's called now, TE in Perth, like the, the exams, end of, end of school exams, like you go through all these experiences, you get your certificate, you spend all this time going to school with these people and then I essentially packed my bag on my last day and didn't really speak to anyone from school. So I lost that opportunity of these friendships and, and yeah, to a fair degree, you got pretty bullied in school and probably didn't want to see a lot of people but there's a few people in there that I spoke to every day, I saw every day and I just kind of cut them out. So... I do it when we do school presentations and I say, yeah, no, I left school in year, you know, one week or so into year 11 or whatever I did. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to leave school. I'm like, stay. Just stay because you've got a long time in the workforce and there's no rush. You know, like I've gone through four careers since I left school and I'm 27. And so have you. You know, like yeah. everyone yeah. looks at you know and it's hard to say this now when i'm out of the picture but when you're in your school you think you're so much older than you are you're so young you've got so much to learn you're so malleable still and that those last couple of years i guess are so fundamental to who you are as a person coming out of it which is why i probably had to go through years of being a carpenter to finally figure out who i was and why potentially you know you had to really turn your grades around to figure out who you were and it's an interesting concept and no one's ever actually kind of straight up asked me what would you say to, to young Matt but I would say stay in school young man yeah, yeah right. interesting well interesting. my parents yeah, are right cool. because I saved them a ton um, of money 
Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Hey, um, tell us, <laughs> yes. where can everyone find you, especially now more than ever, our Perth listeners, where can they get in contact with you if they want to be a part of a community and stay fit during this COVID situation? Yeah, um, just reach out to us um, at flowperformance.com.au or um, jump on Instagram and you have a look at flowperformance underscore or um, direct message me at michaelbell underscore and more than happy to have a chat and help you out. uh, In the description so everyone can track it out. Podcaster in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming on, mate. It's been really good to connect again. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands and we'll get our walk and talks cranking up in Perth again soon. See you, brother. Thanks, Boise. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Human Connection Project Podcast. I know and we know times are very difficult and dare I say it, unprecedented right now. So I would urge you now more than ever to lean into your friends, lean into your community and make sure we're connecting to each other because we will make it out of this, but we need to be standing metaphorically hand in hand right now. If this has stirred any emotions to you, please make sure you reach out to a loved one or Lifeline on 13 11 14. And remember, how good's living.